Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Welcome to yet another episode of Movie Sucktastic. Joining me is my co-host Scott. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm I'm doing just peachy, super keen, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for asking. And uh, if anyone is wondering with uh, the music that is now playing in the background, that is a band called Meyerman. They actually sent. They were kind enough to send us a CD, and uh, the title. This title track is actually called Tonight. It's a real good song. Um, tonight, tonight, tonight. Oh. <laughs> Uh, not quite. I uh, would. They would rather. They would prefer you grab their 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 album, which is out now, by the way. It's cool stuff. I like it. It's nice. It's got that kind of like pop metal '80s feel to it. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I like that because actually, just the other day, I was wondering, like, if we all had our '80s soundtrack to our lives, it, life would be so much better. I just. Yeah. I, it's it's I, so uplifting, and it's you know, it, it is as any bad, you know, like over the top, for example. If you're watching that, and then the '80s music surges, <laughs> even though it's a shitty film and you hate it, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. get him. Why am I getting into this? Obviously, you're referring to uh, uh, Stallone in Over the Top, right? Yeah, Over the yeah, Top, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the one where he uh, he wears baseball cap and then he turns it around the other way, and it's like turning like, turning a gear. I'm turning my, I'm turning that part of my brain off. You see, I'm, I'm just I'm just here for the truck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to live in it and <clears throat> shit. Because <laughs> that's essentially what he's gonna do. He's trying to win this hundred thousand uh, dollar Mack truck so he could pretty much live in it. 
<laughs> oh, it's a nice truck. I'd live in that. It is. You know what? It beats a mortgage. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, but the price of fuel these days. Oh well, this is night. That was eighty six. Oh, back then, yeah. You, you know what? I would. Gas I, was cheaper. I, I would dare to say filling that up in nineteen eighty six would. I just. I, <clears throat> it, it, I I don't know. Fill up a, a Hummer, and you never know. It might be comparable. Back then, like, buddy, I gave you a five. You got change for that? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you got to have a tank on that. Yeah. So anyway, oh. uh, welcome to Movie Sucktastic. Yeah. Yet another so, episode. This is uh, going to be episode 42. The post-Hurricane Irene episode. That's right. We survived. Yes, barely, barely. I only got a little bit of water in the basement. Not, not, Nothing too major. Nothing a few towels couldn't take care of. My 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 basement is bone dry, bone dry. Yeah, I, I'm not that I'm shocked that you you have a bone dry basement, but that just means your foundation is just top notch. I have a, <clears throat> the only foundation I have that is top notch. Yes, <laughs> is that of my house? Because I push my gutters right out in the front lawn, and I still got a little bit of water in the basement. Dude, dude, you should put them on the roof instead. They work much better there. You're right. You're right. Do you have yeah. trees around your your property? No, 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 no. But I still have to clean my gutters out every day. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> okay, just I was just checking. I wanted yeah, to make I, sure. I know you are. Okay, you, you're nice. <laughs> uh, okay, so What's, so so jo- Joey is operating the the uh, all the bells and whistles on his end. I'm just sitting here staring at my uh, my navel. So uh, Joey is the brewmeister, as it were. He's the uh, he's the man. What what's going down, sir? What is our agenda? Well, we're gonna do the top ten like we always do. Oh, that. Okay. Oh, that. <laughs> We're going to breeze right through this. There are some new films that we haven't covered, so I think it's me, a good idea to do it. Give me a second. I have to bring up my copious notes on the top ten list for this weekend. Do you really I'm have get, notes? I, I've got nothing. <laughs> what, what, what was playing this week? Okay. These, uh, this is going to be the top ten for August 26th through 28th. And uh, the number ten film, and I, I'm shocked that it's already at number ten, is Fright Night. That made three point one million uh, in its second week. It's made fourteen million total. It costs thirty. So this is pretty much. Yeah, but that for a horror film that came out of the gate pretty strong. Uh, I mean, it was the number yeah. one, wasn't it? No. Number two? No. <laughs> I thought it came out like the top. They were all saying it was like the number one horror film. No, no, no. This came in at number six in its opening week with seven point seven million. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it, I, it it did pretty bad. Where are my notes? I, 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 I obviously misplaced my notes here. Well, I, I'm just I'm just surprised that it's at number 10 already. I mean, it's it's gone. It's done. You know what? And, and I said this before. It's a horror film in the summer. Bad idea. Y- yeah. It's, I, I don't know what they're thinking. I, I guess you have to release a horror film sometime, and you can't release them all in October, but it'd be a good idea to release most of them. I mean, if they waited till like, the end of September, I, I think they would have had a, a, a bit of a stronger reaction. Pro- oh, yeah, definitely. And who... And I don't know what's playing. Mostly in September, you'll get a lot of uh, you'll get a lot of of teen stuff. You'll get a lot of um, PG thirteen, something geared towards teens, uh, I, middle schoolers, because they're back in school. They don't want to be there, so that's when they start releasing all those films. I'm so. back in school. I I, I, I want to be there. So, ha. <laughs> um, yeah, and I also think it's it's signaling the wane of the vampire film. Right. I mean, it's it's not a strong indicator because I'm sure the next Twilight's going to do gangbusters. 
Right. And, and okay. you'll be seeing with that with me uh, opening night, right? Just like every year? Sure. Oh, no, that's right. No, no, that's right. You you stiff me every year, <laughs> and I end up seeing it alone or with a teenage girl. Hey, I don't have time anymore. Uh, that's 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 not a, no no no. You're not accepting you're, that one this year. You're, you're going this year. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'll come up to you. You'll come to yeah. me. I'll oh. come to you. All right. You, I will make you. I will make you come. They're breaking it into two, aren't they? It's like two twilights. Yes. Oh. This is part one, right? It never ends. Yeah. Well, because the author, uh, what Stephanie Meyer, I don't yes. think she has another book slated. I don't even think she's working on one. So they know that this. Not that it's going to be the last one, but it could to. be the last one for a while. So they want to milk this, yeah. just like they did with Harry Potter. She doesn't have to have another book coming. She's got it. She's no, no. Well, yeah, uh, she's she's rolling in it. So, all right, let's move on. Yeah, uh, no- uh, what? all I want to say is uh, yeah. I do I, I do want to see Fright Night, and I think it's going to be a good film. It's sad that it didn't do that well, but they should have released it in Halloween. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I <laughs> do want to see it myself. So. Do you okay. know when the original was released? Uh, it was, you know what? I'll look it up real quick. I know it was 1985. That I knew, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I can almost guarantee you it was like a Halloween or like an October release. I would like to assume that I'm right I'm on this. The original, okay, this kind of makes more sense. The original Fright Night was released in August as well of 1985. Uh-huh, how did it do then? Uh, that one did actually a lot better. Mm-hmm. the The original made twenty four million. It doesn't have its budget, but I think I remember in my article that I wrote. I think it was somewhere around eight or nine million. So twenty million back then. That's that was a lot of money. Twenty five million, and I think it cost. It was under ten million, is what it really cost. Might even be a little less than that. So it, it, success it, it had. So yeah. I guess they were trying to. And here's the thing too. Maybe maybe they over advertised it because they, they they I've seen trailers for everywhere. It's like they really hyped it up, and yeah. maybe that maybe that kind of uh didn't work because they showed they showed way too much of the movie. They really did, they really did, and I think they were just kind of hoping on fans from from the 1985 film showing up, which yeah. I just don't think. And you know what, I, I I shouldn't say that they didn't show up. That 14 million that it's made so far might even just be from fans. I think that was mostly us, people like us. Yeah. Because it looks like a good remake. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it does, too. I truly do. Okay, moving on. The number nine film is Crazy Stupid Love. And it, that is made $3.1 million, 69 total, cost 50 That I was actually number 10 last week, but it moved up. Blah. Blah. Again. No, no comment. Yeah. Blah. Yeah, we talked about it last week. We don't want to see it. It's just another one of those, I guess... What would it be called? A dramedy? Yeah, that yeah, that that kind of like forced, clever, dry adult romantic comedy, mm-hmm. which means it's 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 like it's like the uh, TV show Sports Night. Yeah, that joke on Family Guy. I get it now. It's too funny to be for me to you know. It's it's so funny I can't laugh or yeah, something. No like laugh that. track. Yeah, it's like it's it's humor that's not funny. Not that a laugh track should be needed. You should do it in front of a live audience, then see what happens. You know what needed a laugh track? What's that? The boy with the striped pajamas. Oh. I, I think that would have really picked the film up a bit. I, I haven't I haven't seen it yet. It, a laugh track definitely would have. Because it, it, it's, you know, it, there, there's some spots where it's really, you know, heavy. <laughs> and that would lighten it up a bit. Oh, okay. That's just me. Maybe you should put it in yourself. 
I'll, I have a laugh track wherever I go, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, the number eight film is Conan the Barbarian with 3.1 million. 16 total, cost 90. That'll, that will learn them. Maybe that, this maybe this will finally learn them. Yeah, Stop it. That's going to sting a bit. Stop for sure. it. Stop it. Yeah, it, and again, like I said last week, I would really like to see a King Conan film. That would be my... If I'm going to go see a Conan movie, I want to see King Conan. Oh, don't worry. They'll reboot this in three years. I mean... Wait, but but it, maybe maybe they'll put the brakes on their that, that whole rumor now of the... Uh, Blade Runner remake or sequel or whatever it's going to be and maybe they'll just like stop with the the remakes and realize people are finally getting sick of seeing the same film again when they can just watch it at home. Oh yeah, exactly. Everyone everyone just sat at home and watched their old Conan. Said, yeah, I love that movie. That's it. Right. So, I guarantee Fright Night too. I bet you half half of us half of us old Fright Night fans went to see it. the other half said, "You know what? I've got the original here. Let's just watch that tonight." I would I would I, I, mean, I would do that in a heartbeat. Maybe it's finally coming around full circle and people aren't falling for the whole remake thing anymore. Right. Yeah. Or it could just could be that it was Conan with explosions and shit and, and <laughs> that slow-mo CGI I still running, I, collapsing buildings nonsense. I still haven't, re I haven't watched the, the, the trailer that you say has explosions. I'll take your word for it, obviously, but the, it, it, I haven't I, watched it. That's, I'm not saying fireballs, but, you know, like, just, but, you know, things, you know, explosions of dirt behind them and rocks and right because buildings are collapsing yeah when i yeah. say explosion i don't mean like there's a fight like a, tr a truck explodes behind them no no no. but it's still an unrealistic i i mean it, it's the point that's why that's my point right, too it's, right. it's we expect action films to be unrealistic but to a certain extent and when you take a conan film which everyone you know the conan is just you know big guys fighting and you throw all the wacky shit in there if you're doing a kind of over stylized 300 film yeah you expect that Right. If you're doing like what looks to be a straight action piece, then you may want to pull back on the the surrealism a little bit. Right. That's just me though. Okay. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. The number seven film is. I'm feeling, I'm feeling very preachy tonight, so I apologize. That's okay. It'll come in handy. Uh, is the Smurfs with four point seven million? It's made one hundred and twenty-five. It cost one hundred and ten. So this film it, with the foreign market, it's actually doing very well. You know what that reminds me of? What's that? I happened to be wandering aimlessly around uh, a Sears branch the other day. Okay. Uh, looking for other customers. There weren't any. And I came <laughs> across this display for the 3D TVs. Okay. I have not yet experienced the 3D TV. I have. They suck. And they, and they, had, the, they had the little display and they have the, the 3D glasses. glasses. But since they cost more than, than like uh, half the electronics in the store. They're bolted they have this, down. It, no, they have this big, heavy plastic brace around the glasses and like a chain leading from the glasses to the thing i've seen those so, too so it's almost like you're putting this helmet on just to try on this pair of plastic glasses and so i i put them on and i'd step about five feet back and they were playing Mo monsters versus aliens which i have not seen you yet know, in i've been to a sears uh not this is my, not my recently story. but not that long ago and that's only they only play monsters versus aliens yeah yeah they, they must have a special deal with them maybe and and so and I, I spent about a good fifteen thirty seconds immersed in the three D television. And 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 I, I take it back. What do you I take, take back? I take, take back everything I ever said about it. You really have. You really. No, no, I'm kidding. No, it was shit. It was. <laughs> it, 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 I was still getting double vision. Maybe it's just me, but it still wasn't coming in one hundred percent three D. No, it's and, a gimmick. And it and is even, just a gimmick. 
the 3D that was, it was very mild. It wasn't like the kind you get in the theater. And I and that's what they're trying to recreate. They're trying to recreate what you get in the theater, but they're just they're not going to do it. They don't care even, enough, I think. Yeah, and even then, are, are are these TVs supposed to convert non 3D films into 3D too? Uh, no, it, no, no. Okay, just checking, because it, it's, it's horrible. It, it's a complete waste. And it, the th- what was a TV? A thousand dollars or something like that. Well, the thing so, is, too, what, what what people don't understand with this 3D shit is you have to have the 3D television, which means you're going to spend a thousand to two thousand or whatever your flavor is. Then you have to buy a 3D Blu-ray player in order to con- you know down convert while e- you watch. Even that I did not know. Oh, really? did not know you had to have a separate 3d dvd player just to play that yeah well i mean unless they're broadcasting it through tele- a 3d like, channel well yeah or something like that then uh, yeah you wouldn't need it but 99 percent of the time you're gonna need that blu-ray uh, player that can do 3d as well mm-hmm. then obviously you have to pay for glasses which when it first came out was anywhere between 250 to 300 dollars i think they're a little more uh price appropriate now i think they're somewhere in the hundred dollar range which i think mm-hmm. is still ridiculous for plastic glasses but just to and when you buy these tvs that say come with glasses they only give you two uh-huh. or one and so you're going to spend a minimum a minimum of about 1200 bucks or so to get into this 3d world that is complete garbage see joey here's what happened to america what america happened? Um, you know, you go back 30, 40, 50 years ago, America was a place where we had innovation. We had technological advancements. We went to the moon, supposedly. We, uh, supposedly. We, I like we that. Crea- we, we, uh, we did a whole, <laughs> you know, we created all this other technology. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't list our uh, our achievements because there's so many. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, uh, Cheese Whiz, for example. But what happens was, where, where are we now? Tang. Our, our major accelerate. well, that was because of the space. You can't throw that in there. <laughs> well, I'm not, you know, we did I love space me some Tangs. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> My point is, we're to the point now where our big technological advancements aren't even new. They're, let's just take the same thing we did back in the 80s or the 70s or the 50s, and, and now should... we're going we're gonna to do it again. Yep. We're going to make it more expensive, and it's going to be just as shitty. Congratulations. There you go. And it's going to, yep, exactly. And this is why Rome fell. 3D. <laughs> Rome fell because of 3D? Yes. A two brute uh-huh. 3D? No, at at three, it's at three D, uh, brute. Ah, that makes more sense. I like that. That's a bit of a stretch, though. Uh, Anyway, but that's better than what I said. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) Well, I think we are all in agreement that. Anyway, mine was just a complete flub. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Smurfs number six. That was. That was number seven. Seven. What's what's number six? Uh, Spy Kids four or Spy Kids (laughs) all the time in the world. Uh, you, you okay? I almost hurt myself there. I was going to take a drink. Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, no. Pass. Uh, that's Pass. 6 million, 21 million uh, total, cost 27. So, you know what? We talked about it last week. It's in the green. Rob, uh, Rodriguez, he knows how to handle his budgets. It's a kid's Yeah, it's a kid's film. It's a 3D film. He's a smart filmmaker. It's a 4D film. You're not getting charged for the extra shut, D, shut, remember? Shut, just go. Just, just go. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. Number five is brand new this week. It's Our Idiot Brother. With seven million, cost five million. Now, so I, I want to see that. That looks cute. Yeah, I. You know, I think we had this conversation uh, once before. That um, what's his face, uh, Paul Rudd. I think we had this conversation once before that we like him. We just don't like his choices of movies that he acts in. 
Well, the problem was he 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 they, he was taking the money, which is smart. I mean, by all means, when you're somebody like him, where you 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 finally strike it, I right. don't begrudge him taking the money and making the films. The problem was he made like three or four or five films in a row where he was the same character in the same type of comedy with the same oh, yeah. type of humor. Same exact thing over and over and over and over. And this is him finally saying, "Okay, I made my money. Now I'm going to act." Yeah, and you're right. This is a film that I would not mind seeing. I yeah. don't think I'd see it in the theater, but I think. Once it came around uh, Netflix or Redbox or whatever, I'd, I'd grab it. Every year you get one or two of these. It's a, it's technically an art house film because it's not really a mainstream film, but it's not overly clever. Not tr- you know, It doesn't try to be intellectual. It's mm-hmm. just a smartly written, uh, tight, down-to-earth, realistic comedy. Kind of like, a, I don't know how realistic it was, but kind of like Little Miss Sunshine. Right, okay. Where it was, it was, it wasn't, it was, you know, it was a bit odd. But it was really about real problems, real people, and you don't get that many of them. This is one of them. Yeah, no, I, I see it completely. I know where you're going with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I would see this in a heartbeat. Not, mm-hmm. not a problem. I would, I would not mind going to see it. So, okay, moving on is also the number four spot is a brand new film this week. That's Don't Be Afraid of the Dark with eight point five million, uh, and it costs twenty five. Now. now- Oh no! After you, sir. Oh no! This is uh, the well. They they heavily advertise this as a Guillermo del Toro, uh, not film, but it's like Guillermo del Toro presents. Joint. And it's, it's a Guillermo del Toro joint. Uh huh. And basically, what that means is, I gave them money so you could put my name all over it to try and advertise it. Mm-hmm. So it, somebody else uh, directed it. I believe uh, Guillermo del Toro wrote this. Actually, let me let me click on it. Adapted it. No, it, he written by. No, so. but it's adapted because it's a remake. Oh, it is a remake. Don't be afraid of the dark. Nineteen seventy-seven. All right. Well, uh, more accurately, I should say, he wrote the script. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay, but it's right. an, he it's also a, produced it too. So he must he must have liked what. Sure. He, he must have liked where it came from. You know how they could have advertised it? How? Guillermo del Toro presents something that's not Hellboy three. <laughs> Yay! Ha! Let's uh, go now. Can we get the tickets in advance? I liked Hellboy too, though. Yeah, whatever. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but th- th- does that mean there has to be a three? No, of course Thank not. Thank you. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, I think Ron Perlman. He was on Opie and Anthony not that long ago, and they were just talking about all of the movies that he's been in where he's ended franchises. Because he, <laughs> they were Blade. talking about Hellboy. He goes, "Yeah, I ended that one." <laughs> but Blade, he came close, didn't he? Came close, yeah. Alien, yeah. also, he came close. Well, no, that was the the last one. Alien was the last 4. one. You're right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ridley Scott is doing Prometheus, but that is it ties into the Alien world, but it's not an it's not Alien Five. Oh, but, good, it's a crossover. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly too much about it yet, but yeah, it was funny because he was like, "Yeah, I ended that franchise. Yeah, I ended that one. <laughs> yeah, I ended that one too." <laughs> my, my favorite Ron Perlman, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. Uh, What's that? Uh, was uh, Kronos. Kronos. Oh, wow. I think that was the first movie they ever worked with uh, together. I believe so, too. I think yes. Yeah, I think so. Guillermo. Guillermo has, 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 uh, has the distinction of having made several very, very bad movies that are still enjoyable on some level. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Mimic, mimic being among them. Yeah. Yeah. Bad, bad <laughs> movie, but it's got some really nice elements to it. It's got some really like genuinely cool scenes too you know but you're right okay doesn't it have a baldwin in it too uh no 
That was the other guy. It's not mm. a Baldwin. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I stand now, now, now I have to look. See it's what not, you do? No, no. It's not a Baldwin. It's not a Baldwin. It's what's his name? It's, you sure? Uh, yes, yeah, Jonah Hex is in it. J- Josh Brolin? Yeah, he's in it. I was think. he in it? I'm pretty sure Brolin's the other cop. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Funny Shoes. Mr. Funny Shoes. I like any horror film that has a child give a cute uh, aphorism for uh, a a, a creature, like, roaming the streets and killing people. Uh Uh-huh. Well, hold on. I'm just typing it in right now. Oh, you're killing me. I'm sorry. I have to look. But don't be be afraid of the dark. Classic uh, late 60s, early 70s horror film. You're right. It is Josh Josh Brolin. Look, I know I'm right. Hey. And it was out of print up until a few years ago. You couldn't get copies of it. It was very hard to find. Oh, Chronos. No, don't be afraid of the dark. Oh, the original. Yes. Oh. Okay. And and I'm 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 thrilled that Guillermo was involved with remaking this film because it's that kind of it has that kind of uh, dark. It's it's like almost like haunted. It's not all really a haunted house thing, but it's okay. got, got that dark '70s feel to it that doesn't translate to this day and age. And I think he'll do that properly. Okay. That's just me. Okay. Uh, number three, Rise of the Planet of the Apes with 8.8 million. It's made 148, cost 93. So mm-hmm. this is another film that's making a ton of money. Uh, with the foreign market, it could be close to 300 million at this point. But has it made more than March of the Penguins? Probably. I don't think so. Why do you keep asking me these questions and forcing me to look this shit up? You don't have to look it up. I'm just stating. I'm just stating a, a rhetorical question. Oh. Has it made more than, than March of the Penguins? <laughs> I don't think so. Penguins okay. still rule over Planet of the Apes. Okay. <laughs> you, you put CGI animals. I, I yeah. I know Penguin March of the Penguins wasn't CGI. That's not that's my point. You put CGI animals in a movie, it will make a certain amount of money. It, it always will. Yeah, because you have kids and you have. I mean, look simple, at simple look at people. Zookeeper. No, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Number two, brand new film this week is Colombiana with ten point four million, cost forty. It's its opening week. Um, I, I didn't know. I, I I accidentally caught a commercial of it like last week. Right. And and I wasn't convinced I saw it. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what was <laughs> that? Well, you know what's funny. The main villain is the. If you didn't tell me it was a different film, I would swear it's the same exact guy from Bad Boys Two. Is it? It's that guy, the villain from Bad Boys Two. He's even sporting the same hair and uh, hairstyle and facial hairstyle. A scruffy beard kind of thing going. (laughs) He looked. It's the same guy. You 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 know how every now and then. Uh, like if you rent a mo- DVD and they have like the movie trailers, uh-huh. and I don't know where they'll throw a, a direct-to-video trailer in there, and you can spot it. It's like that's direct-to-video. That's this. That's what I, this should have been. Yeah, it was, I, I think I was watching. It was I had the news on. I think it was like MSNBC or something, and and that came up out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, why are they advertising direct-to-video on? Oh wait. <laughs> and and all of the movies, the new films this week, uh, or actually I should say any of the films this weekend probably should have done a little bit better on the east coast but because of irene nobody went anywhere friday night was the only night that these films could have really made money on the east coast after friday night you weren't really getting any money on the east coast these are not word of mouth films no no No. not at all all right and the number one film again for the second week is the help with 14.5 million uh, it's made 96 so far. It costs 25. So this is going to be one of those movies that's going to go well into September. That that is a, you know what that means. 
that's probably means it's going to be noticed come Oscar time. No, no, what I'm saying that means the women are leading the market right now in, in the box office. Um, no men are going to see this film. It's a it's it's a women's film. And well, I'm not saying well, that in a derogatory well, no, 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 sense. No, no. Well, you're right. Um, uh, if any men, it's probably the gay men and women are probably no, 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 seeing all right, this now, film. Now, see, now you're taking it too far. I'm no, not. not. I'm, I'm just I'm being not, honest. I'm not saying men won't go to see the film. I'm well, not saying that. I, I'm, I'm not, not say, saying I'm not, that either. But I'm just saying the majority. Listen, I'm not saying anything. My words. What I'm, I'm saying not is saying anything you're, negative you're, in any way about gay people. Stop it. I didn't say you were saying no, dude. What I'm saying is, you're not less of a man if you see this film in the theater. But oh. I. But odds are, if a couple goes to see this film, it wasn't the guy that said, "Hey, let's go see the help." Well, right. No. That's all I'm saying. Yes. And it, I, I find agree it with interesting. That. I find it interesting that near the end of the summer, uh, we have all these, a lot of little films in the theater. You've got the uh, Stupid Crazy, you've got the uh, Idiot Brother, and you've got The Help. All these technically little, low-key films, and The Help's at the top. Yeah, uh, it's only in its third week. It's already made almost $100 million. It's the kind of thing that like Michael Medved will come out and say, like, You see, you don't need sex or violence to do in a box office. I, it's not. It's Hollywood's perversion that makes them make them sexy and violent. You can make money without being sexy and violent. <laughs> well, you know what it is? I think it's kind of like... Apes should win the Oscar this year. It's kind of like with Rise of the Planet of the Apes, where I, th- I think there was so much time between the last blockbuster and then when this was released, it was an opportunist... Op- opportunistic time to be released and it just reaped the benefits of it whereas the help gets released when summer's almost over everyone's sick and tired of the blockbusters it's a refreshing uh, what blockbuster seri- what do you mean what blockbuster what blockbusters are you sick and tired of what blockbusters came out this summer that were like actually worth seeing i'm still waiting for a blockbuster no 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 i'm talking about just the summertime is the it's summer blockbusters just week after week after week after week which ones what uh, what transformers what else what are you talking about what Uh, other blockbusters came out this summer you had thor you had uh that wasn't a blockbuster yeah it made almost 200 million what are you talking about it's not a blockbuster well come on it's it's being released as you know it kicked off the summer it's in that that little a click of blockbusters like Transformers, just, Captain just, America, Cowboys and Aliens, the Super Eight, all right, um, oh, Harry I, Potter. You know, all problem. of these films are potential blockbusters. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it okay. had to make three, four hundred million to be considered a blockbuster. I'm no, no, saying no. they're being released potentially to be blockbusters. You get I'm what I'm sorry. saying? Yeah, I the miscommunication was I'm was so underwhelmed by the majority of the films you just mentioned that I don't consider them blockbusters because to me the idea of a blockbuster is a larger than life film that takes over the screen and takes over the theater and most of those were just uh right, I I agree with that. dull little special effects uh, let's see how much budget we can burn in one film. Yeah, all all I'm saying is that just week after week, they're saying, okay, this is the next one to make you know $100 million and it's opening weekend. Okay, now we're done with that film. This week, that's what, you know, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going with it. All right. So I think the help comes out. People are tired of these, these supposed potential blockbusters, and it's like, you know what? I want to see something simple. You disagree? I, to an extent, I disagree that the yes, people are tired of the blockbusters, but the people that are tired of the blockbusters 
aren't going to see the help. They're just not going. Otherwise, the help would would be making like sixty I, I, million. I, I don't think the help would have would do this well if it was released in February. Oh no, or, no. Or but I'm but I'm saying it's not like everybody is going. The the people just aren't going out, and the help is rising above because the people that are bored are staying home, and the people that aren't bored, oh, the help. I want to see that. Maybe. I I just think it I was think released. Little, I think it was released a. at the right time. Oh, I, I agree. Not that I'm saying it's not a good film. I we're just splitting think, hairs, sir. We're splitting hairs. We, we truly are. I, I just think people were tired. Uh, they're tired of summer. They know it's coming to an end. They want to see something different. That's all. They want to see black ladies. <laughs> Oppressed black women rising and up against the man. You'll get plenty of that. And I'm, I'm all for that. All right. So go, let's go ahead and do the, the finger list. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, Okay. I'm, now, I'm a little underwhelmed by the finger list this this week, just because. Yeah. None of the new films are are cringeworthy. They're really not. So, do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. I'm I'm gonna have to to uh, double down and do a repeat of last week's. Spy Kids Four. Spy Kids Four. I, out of all of them, that's still the one that that I just can't can't take. You know, looking at the list up and down, um, you know, my pick last week of one day is not in the list anymore i'm gonna have to go spy kids as well all uh, right yeah there's nothing else in the list i would see everything but spy kids okay in, but in the list last that, week i would see spy kids it's over one day but this since one day's gone i would i just would not sit through spy kids that's okay. just me I, but i don't think this should count as us agreeing because it's a second run okay deal so <laughs> I, I don't think this should because I, I don't, I don't think we're gonna get into a rut here, picking the same thing over and over. No, 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 I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, just, it's really not a hateful week. It really isn't. There's no Jack Black. There's no, uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's no. Uh, there's no Zoopaper. Jack Black. Just, yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about Sphere. But what about? Wait, 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 about what? Sphere. We're doing Sphere this week? Stop it. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. All right, we'll be right back. Are you home alone tonight? Got no one to cuddle? Urgent, urgent for some connection? Don't worry. Daddy ain't gonna hurt you. Just tune in Movie Sucktastic. Give us a call at 908 514 4470. Tell us what bad movies have been tickling you. Just call after dark. We like it that way.
And we're back. Hey, Scott. Yeah, how huh? you doing? Huh? We're back. Come on. Get with right. it. First off, what's, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, this is this uh, well. This is the uh, number eleven track off of Meyerman CD called um, uh, Metal Face, and this is actually my favorite song on the album. Uh, it's the reason why I picked it. And you know what? I don't think I mentioned before how you can even buy this CD. How, how, how can you buy the CD, Joey? Um, you can go to Meyerman Music. Now, can you spell Meyer for me? M e y e r m a n Meyerman. So it's MeyermanMusic.com? Yes, and I believe that takes you to their Facebook page, and then you can find links on how to buy it and all that good stuff. So, Are they on iTunes yet? Uh, I believe they are. I believe you can get any of their music uh, digital download, or you can buy the CD. I actually have the CD in front of me. You know what? Or just it- Google kick-ass 80s pop metal type band, and they'll come right up. They, they'll come right up. But I'm looking at the CD right now, and this is like a legitimate CD, like from the album art. No, well, come on. It's it, almost like they're a real band. No, <laughs> that's not what I'm wait, saying. Wait, wait, wait to plug them, Joey. I'm surprised yeah. at the quality of the CD compared to the music. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really nice CD case. <laughs> this is the, these are not my opinions. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, not, you know what, uh, that did come out wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I I shouldn't say that, you know, I'm surprised that the CD looks so professional, but it does. It looks, it looks as if you would go to any uh, mom and pop or any large retail record store and you would find this CD. I mean, these guys are great, so I definitely... Or Amazon.com. Amazon, you can do uh, iTunes, you can go to their website, MeyermanMusic.com. Uh, you'll find them anywhere you do a search for Meyer Man, and they're just really good. So uh, I think you'll enjoy them. As a matter of fact, they every year at um, there's a they place have that festival. Don't they have that Meyer Man festival every year where they go out in the desert and they burn the giant? Uh... You mean Burning Man? Oh, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. You're thinking of Burning Man? Yeah, that that, that makes more sense. Uh, there's a place in New York City, I believe it's on 14th Street, called Kenny Castaways, and they play there every year. It's a whole, it's like a, a whole week of. Um, of of bands just playing uh, five six seven bands a night and they always play every year we always go see them every year uh they're a bunch of great guys they're just fun they're just fun music fun guys and uh they're just very cool and we're very thankful that they sent us a cd to play so yes but anyway enough anyway enough of that we're not Uh, here to talk about good music we're here to talk about bad movies that's right and And what was my challenge to you sir it was sphere yes Yes, based, it was ba- based on the idea that, it, like, uh, like the previous film Virus, there are scenes in which the people in the enclosed environment have to talk to the alien life form via a computer. That's right. That's right. So, so do you uh, do you want to give the basic plot to Spear? Well, uh, we can give a quick rundown, then play the trailer, and then when we come back from that, we'll we'll actually review it. But okay. the basic plot is. Dustin Hoffman's character, he writes an article about if they were ever uh, to... Study. What? Study. Oh, study. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the White House asked for... Or the Bush administration. They actually made a point to say that the Bush administration asked for it. Well, in the book, it was the Carter administration, so it was just whatever previous administration there was. Oh, really, it was? was okay. It, yeah, it wasn't really a direct dig on Bush. It was just well, time constraint. Okay. Well, he... Yeah, Bush was in office. Uh, no, he wasn't. Right. That, it was the previous administration. Right. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. Well, anyway... 
Um, whatever. You know, I don't care enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, basically, he writes this study about you would need a mathematician, uh, an astrophysicist, you would need a psychologist and biologist. Um, a biologist if they were ever to encounter an alien life form or a ULF, an unknown life form. And basically, the it, it's become the Bible or as uh, Peter Coyote characters, uh, P- Peter Coyote's character says, it's their Bible. So they get all of these uh, people, they recruit them, and they send them underwater because they say 300 years earlier, or nearly 300 years earlier, a spaceship crashed into the ocean, and they want to study it. Right, and then... And at the heart of this spacecraft is a perfect sphere. sphere. This Hilarious. golden uh, CGI... Uh, because in the 90s, everything was CGI. They went crazy with it. Like now. Now, what the, the thing is, it's yeah, finally... Yeah, don't, don't, don't no, 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 I'm, I'm not defending it, but I'm just saying it's finally caught up to where if something is CGI'd, at least it looks good now. Uh-huh. You know, whereas back then, it didn't look so good. So a, a, a small group of smart people descend into the depths of the ocean to study a an alien life form in the shape of a sphere, hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. Yes. All right. Uh, well, you know what? Let's play the trailer for everyone, and when we come back, we will do a full-on review. Okay. All right? So. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> What'd you tell him? What did I tell him? I told him I was here to see the the, the plane crash. That's my job. Good. There was no plane crash. Spacecraft. But that was a report about a possible encounter with an alien being. You want to come with me? You are the human contact team that was recommended in the Goodman report. We have a biochemist to assess the physiology of the unknown life form. We have a mathematician because that'll probably be our common language. And we have an astrophysicist to locate its place in the cosmos. Try to relax. So you're saying that you have a fuselage from a spacecraft over a half a mile long that crashed into the ocean 300 years ago and is completely intact? That's right. And the kicker is something's still running inside. In the 8,000 years of recorded history, this is a first. You're now online with an alien intelligence. Its name is Jerry? He's happy. What happens if Jerry gets mad? All right, that's the trailer. Uh, yes, <clears throat> it underwhelming is the best way I can describe that trailer. Well, this is one of a number of Michael Crichton films. Uh, being yeah. now, let's differentiate. There's the Michael Crichton wrote and directed, and then there's the Michael Crichton based off his novels. Yeah, and this is based off one of his novels. Right now, may, may I be the first to say that Michael Crichton is an overhyped hack. Yeah, I agree. He's not I, a good I, writer. I think his, obviously, Jurassic Park is the biggest thing that's ever been adapted from him. And it was huge. And I think because of that, actually, I don't think, I know, he got a ton of movies. And I think I mentioned this in last week's episode. Uh, he got a ton of movies made 
a ton made because of Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that was done was Timeline in 2003. Which is one of the least offensive of the Crichton films. I've never seen it. I've read a couple of his books. I'm not a fan of his. And what he basically does is he takes an interesting concept, lovingly uh, surrounds it with a with uh, a padding of cardboard cutout lame characters and an incomprehensible yet boring plot. Right. And then makes it palatable enough for a non science fiction consuming mass audience who feel clever and smarter because they have read something that has been yeah. watered down. It's it's sci fi watered down for the masses. And I'm not a sci fi fan. I like a lot of sci-fi, but I don't know if I would go so far as to say I, I, I'm not I'm not too I'm not savvy enough for sci-fi. Savvy. I, mean, I I know I like I like what I like. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say uh, you know don't, oh don't, don't uh, apologize, you know, sir. Just say no, 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 it's just like Aliens is the greatest sci-fi film ever made, and here's why. I'm I'm not gonna. I don't do that. Well, I'm even thinking from a literary perspective. I don't read much sci-fi. I've read sci-fi, and I have some sci-fi I've read I like, but I'm not a sci-fi fan. Right. You know, just like I'm not a fantasy fan. I'm more I'm more contemporary literature. Uh, the the few sci-fi fantasy I do like are like Hitchhiker's Guide. They're more humorous, what? smartass. You know, you know what, uh, you know what genre? You know what genre? I'm a complete genre. Su- genre. I'm a complete sucker for time travel. That is my number two. My number but I'll I'll watch anything that's post-apocalyptic. I don't I don't know why. Isn't that a given though? I I mean, not everybody. It's kind of like uh, it's it's really something you don't want to watch. A lot of, like, threads. Who wants to watch threads? Me. Well, yes. I mean, I love the movie. Uh, I, I own the BBC version, which what, is great. You know what's great about post-apocalyptic films? What's that? It's like every every single one has that character. The main character is always this, like, kind of grounded, rational human being. Right. And, and they end up walking into this mad town full of crazies and dysfunctionals, and the leaders are all either completely evil, completely insane, or some combination of the two, and all they can do is try to remain rational within this this mad chaos happening around them. Right. And that's how I feel every day. (laughs) When I go to the grocery store, I I feel like I'm Mad Max. Really? Not because there's danger, but because I'm trying to comprehend what the hell the rules are and what's going on around me. I always always feel like the, the... that that guy who just came out of the wasteland said, all I want to do is buy some new shoes. No, you have to play the game! <laughs> Can I just well, get some shoes? You have to, you know, and all of a sudden you're sucked into this weird kind of, yeah, it's... Well, anyway. I'll tell you what, with, with the way gas is going, we're not that far off from Mad Max. Eating dog food out of, out of cans and, and uh, putting you, uh, bowls underneath cars when they explode to get what little gas is left. That's a myth. Do you know how expensive dog food is? Yeah, I own a dog. There you go. So yeah, I'm not ramen noodles. You'll be eating not dog food. Well, he's listen. Mad Max ain't paying for that can of dog food. He's going to whatever grocery store that's still standing and pulling it off the shelf when it expired 15 years earlier. All right, I'll give you maybe dog food will be the last thing left on the shelves because that's that's the last it's canned. Choice. Well, th- that and it's the last food choice. Well, I mean, you could easily find a can of Chef, Bio, uh, Chef Boyardee as you could a can of dog food. Well, now, but after the apocalypse, you understand what I'm saying is after all the food is taken, the last thing left is dog food and maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, I can't think of any food that's that abysmal. Sushi. 
I like sushi. I've it, never had it, but everyone keeps telling me to try it. And I'm not opposed to trying it. I just, I've never ha- yeah. gotten around to getting it. Uh, anyway, sushi boy. Anyway. Um, so, Sphere falls in this category of bad Crichton sci-fi, where it's an interesting concept that's been done before. Mm-hmm. And you name me a major film that's had the same... Co- well, for the concept is, as they find the sphere, and lo and behold, uh, after much twisting a plot and machination and spoon-fed theories, you find out that the sphere uh, is something or other that enables the characters who enter it to create things with their own mind. Right. They can... Um, uh, well, what do they say? They keep saying that they have the power. They have, um, yeah, they have the power. I've have, got the power! <laughs> they have great power. Great power. Um, yeah, they can basically, anything that they think of, it will materialize, and boom, it's there. But as is always the case with man, because man is such a a sordid, vile creation of nature, uh-huh. uh, mankind screws it up by subconsciously bringing up all the wrong and evil in their minds. Exactly. Right. I think so- Dustin Hoffman says at one point that they have this power, they're intelligent, they're uh, educated, uh, and all they did was just manifest horrible things which is one of the biggest crutches of sci-fi it's like one of the three major sci-fi themes that that drive this pushes me away is the the bludgeon over the head theme of mankind is inherently evil and i'm not saying it's wrong right but but in a sci-fi theme it always comes back to this kind of profound way of saying that man man treads not what he dares and is not worthy of the intelligence he carries and it's an old hat it's an old wheeze mm-hmm and so they, they they discover that. Now, what film? What classic film does uh-huh. the exact same thing? Can you can you t- th- can you can you guess what I'm thinking? Uh, uh, are we going all the way down the plot? Yes. Or? Yeah, just basic plot of scientists scientists um, creating things out of their subconscious. Oh, um. Come on. <sighs> Give me a hint. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Subconscious scientist. What the the id, sir? The id. The id. Forbidden Is... Planet, man. Forbidden Planet. Oh God, that you're right. Fuck, how did I not get that? I I don't know. Well, you, the, the last time I saw Forbidden Planet, I you know what? I don't even think I, I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. Robbie the robot. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. Will fifty gallons be sufficient? <laughs> Yeah, that's the whole thing with the mad scientist. Oh, it's your id, it's your own creature. You're making that because <laughs> because man was not meant to wield such power because man is weak. Man well, is, yeah. and it's it just got so tired of being told I'm weak and evil. Can, can, you know, outside I, of work, outside of school. You know, it's just it's. You know what I mean? Do you agree? I I agree. So I agree. That's the and, main, and, that's, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I was just going to say, it's it's ironic. I was just going to talk about the budget real quick. It costs, this film costs exactly the same amount as my challenge to you of virus. It costs $75 million. No, this one costs over $100 million, I, I saw. No, I'm on the wiki page. It says $75. It, really? Because, uh... It only made $37. It was a huge, Ro- huge, huge bomb. On Rotten Tomatoes, it says Barry Levinson directed this $100 million plus... Maybe with uh, prints and advertising. Yeah, I was thinking of accounting prints and advertising, yeah. Yeah. I love the movie poster too, which is also almost identical to the virus poster. It's it's the it it's really the, is. It's the floating heads. The fl- <laughs> blue. It's blue. Right, and 
just like the virus trailer, it's like the floating heads, and then they show where it takes place. But you, mm-hmm. but the title, the title um, entity is not in the poster. There's no sphere in the poster. No, it's actually around the words has uh, like half an ellipse. Like, yeah, or, there's parentheses. Essentially, that's all it is is parentheses. Yeah. But that's what they're going for. Which is which is what the film should have been in, because it's that subdued of a film. Yeah, it sure is. You're hit the nail on the head with that one. No, you can compare it to, and and if you re, if you, I was surprised that Rotten Tomatoes has got twelve percent. It was not well received. No, um, here actually, I'll pull up the IMDb and tell you what it did there. My my favorite smartass uh, review. Yeah. You know, there's always one or two reviewers that have to do the the clever play on the name of the title. Oh sure. So the the annoying clever play on the name tra- uh, reward goes to Todd McCarthy. For Variety, who, whose uh, review was an empty shell. <sighs> you you know. win, Todd. You cheese nut. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find I couldn't find a uh, review by uh, our favorite guy. Oh, oh, Stephen Witty. I, I don't I don't think Stephen Witty reviewed this. Well, you know what? Uh, I have an, a review. It's a user review. Uh, oh, and it's got five point seven on uh, IMDb. I'm actually going to read this. It's very short. And this person loved the movie. And I always like reading these because it always gives an idea of why they love the movie. So, okay, here it goes. This is also from October of 2002. After reading many users' mixed comments on the movie, I can't help but feel that a majority have underrated the film. True, it could have been better. (laughs) Uh, Especially in the latter half. But having read the book first, I did not feel it actually uh, falling off that's another person that can't type. I did not feel it actually falling off midway like the other viewers have described it. People who have read the novel will acknowledge that the movie does follow the novel fairly closely. Thus, comments about Hoffman's role and the ending are unfair, since I feel that they uh, are the closest big screen reproductions of one of Crichton's best works. Wrong and wrong. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I feel Stone's character was the role, uh, was the role followed the, God, just, just read it as it says. Just read it as yeah. it's written. I feel Stone's character was the role followed the weakest. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody proofreads. Right. Um, definitely the giant squid thrills are insufficient. Note that Crichton devoted a good part of the novel describing encounters with the monster. Yeah, that's another thing the film did. It chaptered itself. Uh-huh. Kind of like the book. Yeah, you, you know when you do that? You do that when you when you have a weak screenwriter that can't can't like write a cohesive storyline. And in doing that, it tries to make itself look smart. Kind of like Kevin Smith it, with Clerks. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. I guess uh, animation artists were short budgeted, though the film as a whole still is a visual treat, and the atmosphere is rightly captured with nice music. With nice music. With nice <laughs> with with loud report. A full orchestra. Nice music. Overall, I think the movie is worth watching and is definitely of a much higher caliber than The Lost World. Wrong and wrong. What? Where the fuck did that come from? Oh, because it's, it's, it's Crichton. Crichton. Film, I got you. Yeah. Um, although, now, yeah, Lost World was a better movie. Anyway, you it are, follows... You are, a, you are incorrect, sir. <laughs> it follows a psychological come, come sci-fi thriller theme. Oh, that was the Avatar porn. Yeah. Uh, and I feel it's better than the similar flick... The Abyss. Uh, uh, this person now, is wrong again. Wrong, sir. Why are you reading <laughs> these wrong? I thought you. Why are you reading these wrong people, sir? 
the right the right people are in this room. Why are you reading the wrong person? <laughs> As from the novel's point of view, it could have been done better, though. Eight out of ten stars. Okay. It, uh, <laughs> this it was, is a per. This is a person that we would meet that would try and convert us to like the film, and then I think we would verbally bludgeon this person to death. Here, here, here's the problem. This is the kind of film, and I will say that after I challenged it to you, I went back and started watching it and said mm-hmm. to myself, you know, I, I may have missed on this. This isn't that bad. And as you watch it, you have to be a bit critical and think to yourself, okay, why is this got a 12% ra- t- tomato rating? And, you know, why is this such a, why is this considered a bad movie? And you got to actually be critical of it. And the problem right. is these people that go in and watch a film like that, and they're just, they just go along with it. And there's nothing wrong with that. They got the entertainment out of it. It's fine. But then when you come back and go, ah, that movie sucked. Says, but why? So you're challenging them. Right. So there's two things to do. They can either say, oh, well, maybe you're right, or they can defend their view. We, But our problem is we as a people have lost the perspective of knowing when to defend your view and when not. What is worth defending? Is my belief in, in, in uh, whatever religion or politics I choose to follow worth defending? Perhaps. Is uh, Avatar worth defending? No. <laughs> it's a movie I saw on cable like two years ago, and now you're telling me I was wrong for liking it, even though I'm not telling you you're wrong for liking it. Is that worth defending? Apparently it is. Apparently it is. And that's, what, <laughs> and, and that's where it falls apart. Because people like to say, well, it wasn't that bad. So that's not a review. That's, a, that's, that's, that's an excuse. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I watched the first half, and I just thought, this really isn't that bad. But then you're right. It just, just, just genuinely gets worse and worse and worse, all the way to the shitty ending. Well, you know why? Because you're watching some great actors in what was what has been revealed uh, as a lot of improvised dialogue. Oh, was it really? I didn't know that. A, a lot of the conversations between Samuel Jackson and Hoffman, and those see like the scenes where they're talking about Todd and that kind of stuff, those right. were improvised. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, that's where that. That's why you've got actual like realistic dialogue banter going, is because whoever wrote the screenplay. Uh, did a shitty job. Right, and it was that Crichton? It was Kurt Wimmer. Wimmer. What else has Wimmer done? Uh, it's going to be your movie challenge, so we'll get to that. Oh, anyway, <laughs> so I'm not going to look it up then. Um, no, don't look it up. Don't that's look why, it up. That's why in the first the first half hour of the film, you're you know, Jackson and uh, Lieb Schreiber, who I love, and Hoffman, they lull you into liking you know, the yeah, film. You know what? You, what? I, I apologize. Kurt Wimmer did not write your challenge. Okay. <laughs> it, it, he almost wrote your challenge. Okay. But we'll get we'll we'll get into it. But but they, they lull you into liking them because they're great actors and they exude personality, uh-huh. and so you you you're lulled into liking them and believing that the, that the movie is the reason you like them. No, you like the actors. You don't like the movie. The movie sucks. The movie was terrible. Yes, and the, that review is correct. It does fall apart in the end. And I've read the book. The book falls apart in the end too. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Now, there's one aspect of the ending that I, in the book, uh, you know, at the end now. Let's attack the ending. Okay, let's do that. What's your What's your feelings on the ending? My feelings on the ending, um, it just it just when it ends, I I was just hoping for a little bit more. Um. So it was lackluster. It was like a. Yeah. It. it I mean, are we going to ruin the ending? Um. Yeah. Okay, so everybody, here's a spoiler. No, why? Because there's no ending the ruin. That's... There really, there really isn't. But we're gonna throw out a spoiler so that you can fast forward or or yes or just wait till you hear music, then you'll know we're in break. Re- um, 
Can I? Go for it. Realizing that they have this, that all three of them have gained this power by entering the sphere through some way that is unknown to any of us. Yeah, there's they, no door anywhere. They uh, just, now there's in the in the book there was a door. There was a door in the book. Yeah. So why wasn't there a door in the film? Because it looks better. Because it's because it's there's no reason. There's you no know reason. what? I, I bet see in 1998 when it was made, CGI was really only about like really used. A lot for about seven years or so. Do you remember? I, I bet CGI. I bet CGIing a door. You're right. I bet it looked like shit. Do you remember not the last Starfighter, the um, Flight of the Navigator? The last Starfighter. I think no, you're right. No, Flight of the Navigator. I'm thinking Flight of the Navigator. The Disney one. Yeah. If they could CGI yeah. steps on that ship, they could have CGI the sphere as it was in the book. Well, you do know uh, the last Starfighter had CGI in it too, right? Yeah, I know. It had a ton of it. But I misspoke. It was actually, it was I was actually think of the Navigator. They were actually. Um, uh, they were creating all that CGI on, um, oh God, Craze. It was mm-hmm. Craze servers, which were just ridiculously expensive and huge, because um, it's all on the special edition DVD. If anybody has it, it's really interesting to see what CGI looked like in nineteen. I think that was eighty-one. Crap. Some of it didn't look that bad. No, of course not. All of it did. Is whenever they tried to overstep the bounds. Right. Of what they could do then. But I, I sidetracked. I'm sorry. You uh, did. We so did. The, the three surviving members, who right. are ironically the three faces on the poster, go figure. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how it could be giving away the end of this. If you saw the movie poster, you have a feeling that these three people might make it. Yeah. Uh, having realized that they still have the power um, bestowed upon them by the sphere. They decide that it is too much for mankind to handle, too much t- for them to handle. And, and they, yeah, they don't trust themselves either. Right, don't trust themselves, and it's definitely too much for the evil military to handle. <laughs> uh, again, I don't, I don't disagree with it, but it's a hackneyed plot point. They decide that the only way to avoid giving this, po- you know, unleashing this power upon the earth is to quote forget. Yeah, blank their minds. So with they the power. They, so they hold hands and forget. <laughs> that the sphere is down there, and the sphere, feeling rejected, flies away. Flies into space. Right. Um, yeah, that's a real shitty ending, <laughs> and it ju- it just you, you just feel you just feel left out. You feel like there should be something else happening, and it doesn't. Now, and then the credits roll, and that's it. The credits roll, and what are your, do you do? You want to attack the logic of that ending at all? <sighs> well, I I think. I think they were trying to go about it in, dare I say, an intelligent way mm-hmm. uh, of of trying to end this film so that you, as the audience uh, member, now uh, let's let's be fair. This uh-huh. is also Crichton trying to think of an intelligent way to end the book. Now, is this also how the book ended? Yes, it is how the book ended. With one caveat: in the book, in the in the film, all three of them forget, and that's the end. In the book, uh, the sphere leaves. What? The sphere leaves. It goes back into space. No, in in the movie, the sphere goes back into space. In the that's book, what I mean. In the book, they don't show anything about the sphere leaving. Uh, but okay. at the end, after they all agree to forget, and everybody walks out, the girl kind of smirks. Oh, know, like she, like she imp- didn't implying yeah. that the treacherous female has kept the power. Oh, the power. So apparently, uh, Crichton is a misogynist too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So looker. <laughs> He's a looker. She's a looker. <laughs> we have to get to the looker lab. The looker lab. 
how come I don't have that as a ringtone yet? I gotta get on the ball here. I know. Uh, <laughs> and, and one of the problems that I have with the film is that they tended to repeat. Wait, no, wait. Oh, go ahead. No, it's on the ending because I, I wanted to make this oh, point. Sorry about that. Do you, what, what are your feelings on the logic of that choice? You mean why did Crichton write write it that way? No, in the film, in the film, we're, we're, yeah. we're attacking the film's logic. Does that ending make sense to you? Of course not. Why? Because no one would give up power like that. Okay, that's that's one way to attack it. Here's, okay. here, here's my angle on this, and I agree with you there too. I sure but, as hell wouldn't, because yeah. I'm not thinking of snakes. You know what? I, I'm thinking of hot babes. <laughs> Well, congratulations, sir. You've, you've taken us down into the gutter uh, faster than I could possibly have tried. But what I'm getting at is the Better logic behind this. What? Better luck next time. Oh, believe me, I, it's 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 always a neck and neck race. Uh huh. Um, the idea is okay. We have this power, this power that we can't control because it's in our subconscious, right? Uh huh. So they say, okay, we're going to forget, or so we're going to wish wish it away. We're going to wish this power into the cornfields. So using the power to negate itself. However, we have just proven in throughout the film that they, one, have no control over the power. The power. And two, that the power rests in their subconscious. Right. So even if they forget, they're probably going to remember at some point. Like, shit, I just thought of a a fucking cappuccino and it's right here. if, If they cannot control this power, which lies dormant in their subconscious, how can they consciously eradicate it? Mm. considering the fact that the main character is a psychologist or psychiatrist and the whole film was supposed to be about the psychiatric uh, components of people, the ending defies all psychiatric logic. You cannot just forget your subconscious. These are these emotions they couldn't control and that were buried in the subconscious level. Oh, but we're just going to forget it. Uh-huh. That is the quickest therapy lesson ever. And also, if they can't control this power and they couldn't control it in the... uh, down below how did uh-huh. they control it while they spent five days decompressing in the tub uh, yeah because <laughs> they they were down there they got stuck down there because of a storm yeah and I this think is was, and this is not a blame this is not a blame uh uh the movie logic problem this is blame mr sci-fi writer problem this is a Crichton flaw all well, of we his were, films all of his films have this logical flaw that is that everybody that the mass audiences overlook oh look we, uh, they've they've created the technology to create lifelike humans that can that you can hardly tell are robots. What do we do with it? Let's open a theme park. <laughs> hey, look, we've we've cloned dinosaurs. What do we do? Let's open another theme park. Yeah. Wait, we're going to and this. This is going way back to the Terminal Man. We 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 have the technology to implant a computer in somebody to help control their brain functions to eliminate their seizures. Who do we get? Let's get the guy who believes that robots are taking over the earth. Great idea. Let's do it. There can't be any psychological uh, trauma involved with that. Now, we're not saying that Crichton's films or book to film, they're any good. They've all sucked. I don't think I've seen one other than I, I, got I still like Jurassic Park. Yeah. I know you have your thing about it. but I got the list right here. Let's go down the list. Andra- okay. Andromeda Strain. Yeah, no. Eh. Uh, I'm skipping that one. Uh, the Carrie treatment never saw. Wait, wait. You're skipping that one? Dealing or the Berkeley to Boston 40 brick lost bag blues. What's your oh, thoughts? Wait, 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 wait. You're skipping that one, meaning the Adronima strain? No. I'm skipping I'm skipping the one after the Adronima strain because no one's heard of it. Oh. 
Well, then say that. <laughs> I just said, next one, I'm skipping that. Oh, fine, okay. Uh, Carrie Treatment, A Case of Need. Never, it's a Blake Edwards movie. I've never seen no, it. Never, just just go with the ones people are going to know. Right, Terminal Man. Yeah, no, pass. Uh, the First I, Great Train Robbery, that's actually, that, that, that's not sci-fi. Nope. All right, it's all downhill from here. And these are just, actually. What, 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 when do you get the looker? <laughs> well, I'm just doing books adapted. Books adapted, okay. All right, all right, books adapted. Jurassic Park. Monster hit. Crap. I liked it. Bad movie. I still like it. You can, I, it's a you, bad movie, but I like it. Oh, no, yeah. It, it, there's enjoyable scenes in it, but it's crap. Ri- <laughs> Rising Sun. Oh, God. Sean Connery, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. God, Ugh. that movie was terrible. <laughs> Disclosure. Ah, Michael Douglas to me more. Sexual harassment, but Michael the Douglas, opposite. I was raped. Shut the I, fuck up. Just fucking take, take it, all right? Yeah. Oh, I took the blowjob, but I'm, I'm still the victim here. Shut up. <laughs> America as a whole said, come on. Exactly. When that movie came out, I was like, really? This is where you're going with this? I, uh, um, the what's the Indecent Proposal was more realistic than that. Yeah. Congo. Congo, where they kill Bruce Campbell in the first 10 minutes. But, and, <laughs> but they don't they don't really tell you they, they killed him until the last 10 minutes. Oh, that's right. We went to the theater, and, and when, after that happens, like, come on, it's Bruce Campbell. He's got to be in there somewhere. You, we, we're watching the whole film, waiting for him to jump out like in a loincloth. Like, come on, guys, this way. And then they, they show his like they show his cheesy, not Bruce Campbell corpse at the end. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. don't that film just like sucked all the hope out of you by the end. Yeah, uh, that was after that, the Lost movie. World, Jurassic Park. Then the Lost World. Well, this is after Congo. Oh was the God, Lost that's World. right, that's right. That came out in '97. Right, and that that wasn't that bad. No, I, I didn't think it was that. I, bad. I like that film for a lot of the reasons people hated it. Like they, the dinosaur eats the dog. Loved. Oh God, <laughs> I, I don't, have I told that story on the show? Where the fucking uh, I, yeah, Chuck and uh, no. I. Chuck and I. I don't I, think I, so. I, Chuck, uh, great great old friend of mine, Chuck and I are sitting. Uh, we're sitting together in a film, and we we have this hatred for the cliches, and so right. the the they show the dog barking like oh this old wheeze oh yeah, and then the kid looks out, and then like, there's the there's the doghouse hanging by the chain Just from the dinosaur swinging mouth. side to side yeah yeah it's like, and we're like yes he killed the dog yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just happened to turn around, and behind me there's this little kid, probably eight years old, sitting behind me, and he looks up and like a single tear rolls down his cheek. <laughs> oh my god! Like I am such a bad person. <laughs> but also, I remember a lot of people criticizing that film. It was like, how come he has a black daughter? Like, what, oh. Is this 1957? He's allowed. Why? Why does it? Why should he not have a black daughter? What are you trying to say? <laughs> I, he likes the mocha. What, what? How is that? Like a, that's the plot point you're lost on. <laughs> well, and and with any little research, you know that that's a Spielberg thing. Which because uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Well, because he's he's adopted black children and he did Amistad and all that. Mm. So he has much like you know for the Holocaust because he's very big. Um, uh, World War Two. Uh, a lot of his films were World War Two, and obviously because he's Jewish, you know, it's a very, it, it's it's a horrible thing that happened in history. So White he also daughter. He, well, <laughs> he feels connected to kind of like the same thing uh, with uh, uh, black people in the slavery and all that stuff. So that's a Spielberg thing, yeah. And that's why that was in the film. And to 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 judge it or or to shit upon it, I think is just stupid. Well, it, it's just, and I also like the fact that uh, what's his name's in it. Um, ah, uh, 
He plays the the the, the Jeff Gold. Oh, Vince Vaughn. Thank you, Vince Vaughn's in it. He plays the a- a- activist, the yep. animal rights activist, who turns out to be a complete dick. Yeah. He gets well, he gets all these people killed because of, oh, I don't want them shooting dinosaurs. Well, let, let, let's 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 be honest. It's Vince Vaughn. <laughs> he's that he's that character in every fucking movie. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where he hasn't winked at somebody. But I, well, I'm not holding that against him. I like the idea. That I am. They, but they had the animal rights activist who turns out to be like not so smart, and then they have like the hunter guy who who originally comes off as a villain, but you you like him by the end because you know I was just hunting. You guys are trying to do some weird shit. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, let's exactly. just kill the beast and move on. You know, so <sighs> that wasn't that got a lot of shit. It's still a bad movie. But it had more redeemable aspects than the first one. I felt okay. Uh, then uh, I'm sorry, but we got sidetracked. Sphere, Sphere. Okay. Thirteenth right. Warrior, Eaters of the Dead. Love that film. I still like that movie. And then Timeline, which. So I should say yes. There is one film that I truly did enjoy. Right. Uh, what that I is- like Jurassic Park. I know it's a bad film, but I liked it. But Eaters of the Dead or the Thirteenth Warrior, I think, is all around. It's just a good movie. Now here's my point. Mm-hmm. Those were the films based on his writing. Right. Let's look at what he actually wrote. Oh. Pursuit. TV Ooh. film. Ignore that. Westworld. Okay. Shite. Yes. We uh, talked about that last week. I don't care how famous it is, how much people grew up with it. It's a horrible, stupid, it makes no sense. The one thing I'll point out in that film... No, I'm going to save it because we're going to cover that in an episode. Okay. All right. Coma. Never heard of it. Stupid. And <laughs> it, it's a stupid movie. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Stupid. All right. It, it comes off as like an intelligent idea. It's a dumb idea. It's a dumb idea. It's a d- <laughs> the whole idea of like the coma pe- patients and, the, the, and like the whole setup they have hanging them by wires. Stupid. All it's right. Dumb. Okay. I skip the great train robbery. No one cares. Looker. She's a looker. Looker. What episode is that, Joey? Uh, that was episode nine, I believe. Just go back and listen to episode nine. That'll fill you in on that. Uh, Runaway after that. Oh God! You know, and we did talk about Runaway in that episode but we, too. But we didn't. Call we didn't it, review it. Yeah. But we talked about it. And that was sucked. Physical evidence. Then he he directed that only, so it doesn't count. Oh. Then Jurassic Park he co-wrote, which sucked. Rising Sun he co-wrote, which sucked. And then Twister he co-wrote, which sucked. Yeah, that would. Yeah. He's a bad be. writer. But you know what? Twister was a huge success. So it just great fueled, so was fueled the fire. Yes, it was. All right. But I, I had to get that off my chest. He's a shitty writer, and the ending of the sphere sucked. But I, I stepped. It's your challenge, not mine. I stepped on your toes there. <laughs> That's okay. No, it's your challenge. Oh, you challenged me. Challenged gotcha. you, yeah. So gotcha. what else do you have to say about the film? I got nothing else to say about this movie. Uh, I've been doing I, all the talking. Come on, man. I, I, I know you have been. Pony up. Pony up? It's your challenge. <laughs> You've interrupted me every time I try and talk, and now I've forgotten everything I was probably going to say. You didn't make copious notes. Uh, you said you had a page of notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah you know what? You know Hold on. I got them right here. I've been getting slammed at fucking work, dude. Dude. And uh, you, you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying you 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 haven't been. You know what my company does, right? Yep. Water restoration. Water yeah. damage restoration. So you've been busy. After Irene, yes. If by busy you mean just trying to figure out how to kill myself with a stapler, yes. <sighs> anyway. Um, well, you know, I got in my notes, I got things like uh, the queen is dead. <laughs> like when Queen Latifah dies. Well, how, how cool is that? They kill Queen Latifah. It's like, oh, well, there's one shining light in the film. 
Well, one of the things that, I, that really bothered me about the film is was the dialogue and how it was presented. And now that you said some of the scenes were ad libbed mm-hmm. and just on the fly, it makes a lot of sense now. You can tell those scenes, and you can it, there's a discernible difference between the, the 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 quality of the dialogue between what was written and what wasn't. Right. I mean, because like when Queen Latifah is down at the bottom, right before she gets killed by all the squid, she must say that it looks beautiful like four times. Uh-huh. Oh, this is so beautiful. Oh, man, this is beautiful. Oh, this is just so beautiful. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Didn't she, say Please. It, didn't she say it was snowing at one point? Did she? So say, it's snowing. I was like, what is it? What? It's snowing. <laughs> you know what? I don't have a note about it. It doesn't mean she didn't say it, but it just means I didn't notice it. Now... But they do that a lot in the film, where they just the same thing is repeated a few times. Like even at the end, mm-hmm. when Sharon Stone basically says, um, uh, or or they start talking about how they don't trust the government with the power that they have, then she starts talking about again about how she wants wants to uh, let's all erase our mind. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson says, "White, uh, why don't you trust the government?" It's like we just talked about that mm-hmm. in f- the scene before. We just talked about how we don't trust the government. Well, why are we mentioning it again? Well, here's an example, right along those lines, uh, which which doesn't happen in the book, but happens in the film. Uh, when Dustin Hoffman figures out, and we're not using the characters' names because no one cares. That that's how that's how mm. little impact the characters have. You don't, you don't think of them as the characters. You think of them as Dustin, Samuel, Dustin uh, Stone. Yeah. Uh, when Dustin Hoffman figures out that Samuel L. Jackson is the one that's been materializing the giant squid, Wait, it, while he's sleeping, he figures it out when he goes. He he sees a copy of Twenty Thousand Leagues that Samuel L. Jackson's been reading, picks it up because he dropped your book, and Samuel L. Jackson's already reading it. So there's two copies of it, and that and it kind of clues him in. Like, oh wait, he's manifesting these books. He's the one doing this. Right. That's enough, right? That's enough for you, right? That's enough. That was for enough me. for me. Yep. We then have like a whole minute and a half of Dustin going through cabinets and finding stacks of books everywhere. There's stacks in the corner. All the food cabinets <laughs> are now full of 20,000 leaves in their seat. Do you get it? No? Well, we're going to do some quick cutting down. Like it's an MTV video, which they did twice in the film, and right. it's totally not needed. And, uh, well, gee, you know, oh, there's more books. Is that enough? No, let's open another cabinet. Oh. Uh, so even visually, they do the same thing you're just talking they, about. Yes, it's just re- just repeated over and over and over and over. Just ridiculous. Now, you know you know what the dialogue reminded me of in some scenes? What's that? Um, oh, I hate my head. <laughs> uh, the, the, the movie with the, the remember, Aha. Remember the videos? Uh, yeah. Take me on. Uh huh. Movie they're parroting when he slams against the walls. Oh, um, altered states. Thank you. I, that's, see, that's how my mind working tonight. Altered states. It reminds me of altered states because, uh, and I'm embarrassed as hell. That's how I had to remember the name of that film. <laughs> Through an aha video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's a good thing I'm here. Yes, yes, it is. Because <laughs> save me on this. Uh, that film, in part of the contract, was when they t- adapted the book that they had to keep all the dialogue from the book oh really so there's okay. a lot of this if you watch the film there's a lot of very deep discussions on philosoph- philosophy and history and anthropology and they mask it in the film by having them do other activities while they're talking have them eating while they're talking just anything to distract from what they're saying because it is a lot of very dry language so Crichton really believed in his dialogue is that what you're telling me no, no what I'm saying it reminded me of that because there are these scenes where they're trying to give all this information to the audience but they're trying to do it without 
seeming like they're giving information to the audience. Oh, I see what you're saying. When, it's a distraction, but it's well, it's a it, film. It's, it's, it's so you're not putting putting them to sleep, right? But the problem is, it's a film that it's 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 a film that wants to be the abyss, or or it wants to be like you know an underwater monster movie, but like it's Levi- found, Leviathan, Levi- <laughs> even better, but it's but its foundation is being a, a an intelligent philosophical sci-fi thriller supposedly so it's trying to get all of this thought and theory and philosophy into the film but that's all annoying because what we want to see is people killed every 15 minutes this is true so it's it's almost like a schizophrenic movie it's like the film's subconscious is materializing all this this horror but the the, the film's upper brain says okay let's just talk about number theory okay right uh, you're right I'm so I'm so tired of reviewing this movie. <laughs> well, do you want to take out the trash? Let's take out the trash. Okay. Do you have the? I don't have sound. God, dude, damn I've it. been fucking hammered at work. I wanted a trash heap. All right. I do have the trash heap, thought... but isn't that for when we're done? Because we have already spoken. Oh, you're right then. Okay, fine. We'll no, I ha- I'm working on uh, an audio file audio file listen to me i'm working on on a sound file uh that that's going to per, you know pretty much open the take out the trash it's, it? it's got some cool scenes in it oh is it, but is it? it's not done oh really well then i'm glad i don't have a lot to offer to this um, what do you got well i i just thought it'd be cool if uh if like titanic 2 in this film they recreated that scene from the abyss uh-huh that would have been nice oh where uh he uh, ed harris is on top of uh What's her face? Right. Where she's like frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, also in the sphere, when they when they finally look inside the sphere, instead of there being nothing like Samuel Jackson says, it it actually should have been um, uh, Jodie Foster from Contact. Foster. <laughs> so what are you? You know, I, I finally found you guys. <laughs> Another movie I didn't like. With good, with good reason, sir. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, also, I think it would have improved the film if Queen Latifah didn't die okay and and that's really it i just think she would have been added to the uh i th- i think samuel l jackson should have played the whole film as jules <laughs> from pulp fiction well then then dustin hoffman should have played rain man that would have been awesome sharon stone should have played uh what's her face from basic instinct there you go F- dude we just that's have- a that's a fucking br- that's a four-star movie for me <laughs> that would be fucking awesome awesome i said 20 million leagues in the sea motherfucker have you read it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely read it definitely read it say jerry <laughs> say jerry one more time motherfucker i dare you <laughs> well where'd this ice pick come from there's, there's a, everywhere every draw has ice picks <laughs> uh I went, I went to the I, I went to the alien ship we, we were out of ice <laughs> also at the end when uh-huh. now now what the lackluster ending. Everyone hates the ending. They, yes. they hold hands and they wish away the power. Uh, there are so many other things they could have done when they gr- held hands. Uh, they could have turned to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They could have. That would have been awesome. Um, they they could have wished themselves into Jurassic Park. Could have. But that you can't do that, though, because Samuel L. Jackson's in that film, too. Yes, he is. You can't have two Samuel L. Jacksons in the same film. Is it uh, be like Time Cop, where they can't get next to each other? Right. 
if they touch, they'll they'll merge. Yeah, and especially you, you can't have a smoking Samuel L. Jackson and a non-smoking Samuel L. Jackson in the same film. This this is true. That's like evil opposite. They're they'll actually repel each other from that point. <laughs> now, uh. now, also, what they could have done to make the film a bit more enjoyable when they hold hands to wish it away, it could have like rewound back to the beginning of the film, like like nothing ever happened. But this right. time they go down, and it's, instead of a sphere, it's it's a dodecahedron. A what? A dodecahedron. What the fuck is that? It's a bit has a few more angles in it, and uh-huh. but the problem is the movie poster had to be a lot wider to fit the whole name there. Oh, okay. instead of instead of sphere, it'd be dodecahedron. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. It, oh, and we were talking about characters playing uh, them playing other characters in the film. Le- yes. Leap Schreiber should have played the crossdresser for mixed nuts. <laughs> he, yeah, or uh, he could have played Sabretooth. <laughs> but that actually you know what all of this had to be previous to sphere yes because that that came out way after sphere yeah yeah and I, I honestly i think that the, the cross dresser has more potential for uh for just you know all around hijinks peter coyote could have reprised his character from uh the legend of billy jean where he plays the cop trying to catch her <laughs> and queen lativa could have been billy jean <laughs> she could have been at the end, just run, and, and running of, around the ship. You can't get me. And they, she doesn't die, but at the end, when they escape in the sub, she escapes on the dirt bike. On the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think they should remake the Legend of Billie Jean with Queen Latifah. Oh no! See, we're joking. Uh, no, I'm dead serious. I think <laughs> you're dead serious. Reboot that and turn it, st- turn it into an urban comedy. I still like the Legend of Billie Jean. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying they should remake it with Queen Latifah and, um, uh... Come on. Oh, Denzel Washington. The brother should be played by, uh, what's his name from 30 Rock? Alec Baldwin? The black character. Oh, <laughs> the black character. The Queen Latifah. How is Alec Baldwin uh, your brother? How is, she, how is he going to be her younger brother who gets in trouble? I don't know. In the remake of Bill Jean, Alec Baldwin. Oh. Uh. Um, Steve Martin could be your, be your father. What are you talking about? I, I hey, th- th- you, the un- you're killing the me The unfunny here. black man from Thirty Rock. Yeah, I'm getting it because <laughs> I can't think of it. I'm, I'm like dead this week. The the half of the, the the half of the unfunny duo from Cop Out. Cop Out. That's right. I'm looking it up because <laughs> I I can't fucking think of it. I'm sorry. The, the the one that that you know humorously mentioned on stage that he'd kill his son if he was gay because that's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is your name, sir? Tracy Morgan. Yes, that's that's. <laughs> wow, that was a long trip around the whole fucking world. Yeah, and then um, Holy we get Morgan shit. Freeman with him, uh huh, play his alter ego, and it could be Tracy Fre- Morgan Freeman. Tracy Morgan Freeman. <laughs> okay. And and now we have just created the ultimate sphere film, aka Dodecahedron. Billy Jean's saga continues. Ah, there you go. so is that, are we done with, with that, taking with out that, the trash? we have taken out the trash. The trash heap has spoken. Yeah. <laughs> very good, very and good. And I, I feel like we, we've actually made a difference in the world now. I don't think so. No, not at all. I, th- I think we've we've probably hurt the world a little bit. I hope so, because the, the world hurts me. <laughs> it does. It hurts me too. All right, uh, how about we take a break? And when we come back, we'll talk about my movie challenge to you, and you'll read another chapter out of the terrible game. I'm 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 ready for you, sir. Do you know where you left off? Uh, yes, I do. I left off with, and I quote, uh, something about an IQ. 
his sh- using his sharp, high IQ brain. There you go. All right, we'll be right back. Yes. This beast comes out when it is 25 degrees below zero. It can rip your head off. It can fly as high as a bird. It can bite your face. The chicken cow. The chicken cow. The chicken cow. The chicken cow. This beast killed as many as 100,000 people. Its wings can flap like a bird. It can break a glass. It can also stab you in the ass. The chicken cow, the chicken cow, the chicken cow, the chicken cow. Yes. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, this is the last track from Meyer Man CD called The Bitter End or Bitter End. And uh, again, definitely check them out. Good stuff all around. I concur. Yaha. Uh-huh. Yes, and I, and I know my music. Yes, you do. I really don't. You sure do. I, I have no idea about music. No, you don't know anything? <laughs> I, I don't know music, but I know what I like, sir. And I like Meyer Man. Meyer. Meyer <laughs> uh, anyway. Man. I got it right. You did get it right. Why are you laughing you just, at me? The, the way you said it, I like Meyer Man. I like <laughs> Meyer Man. Uh, so, and I, I'm their uh, demographic, by the way. If you go, if you go to see them like play, the audience uh-huh. is all people like me. They're just like you, except maybe a little shorter. A little bit shorter. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's par for the course. Ah, uh, okay. A little basketball reference there for you. Yes, that was basketball. Anyway, what's up? <laughs> Are you going to read from the terrible game? Uh, this Our next installment of The Terrible Game. A daring young spy plays for his life on a top-secret mission of split-second thrills by Dan, Dan Tyler Moore to later become the film Jim Cotta. Okay. Give me, give me, some, give me some brain music. You, you got it, baby. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> 
He turned to his father and tried his best to look innocent. It was awfully hard to fool the old man. I thought of another thing, Dad, too. If a small country which was surrounded by powerful neighbors trained their soldiers to use a strange weapon, like this hooked sword, it would give them a tremendous military advantage, like having a secret weapon, don't you think so? His father's gray eyes twinkled. You wouldn't be trying to pump me, would you, Jonathan? <laughs> Shut up. Jonathan grinned, but he couldn't help feeling a little flush of resentment. Who wouldn't feel a little bit let down? He certainly had in the past two days. Whenever he approached the subject of their strange training together, the reasons for it, his father always put him off with a laugh. His curiosity was beginning to eat him up. And why wouldn't it? It had almost gotten to the point where he could think of nothing else. Jonathan was tall and rangy for his 19 years, almost as tall as his father. And with the same graceful athletic way of handling himself and the beginnings of the same great physical strength. He had his father's beaked nose and the same rangy floating power walk. But he was lighter by at least 40 pounds. He had just finished his sophomore year at Yale where he was enjoying the fact that everyone considered him an athletic sensation. And I'm going to stop there. Going to stop there? Ha uh, yes, almost finished page 7 of The Terrible Game. I thought I'd keep it a little short in this okay. episode. That's okay. One thing that I've noticed yes. with this is they keep describing the son to the father. Well, they, 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 I, I think this is like the third time, and you're not that far into the book. Page seven. That page seven. The, page seven. How many pages is this? Well, we started on page five, so we're only three pages into the book. We've already, what? yeah, and uh, the, uh, the page count is 143. Ah. Okay. So we'll um, be there in a couple of years. In a couple of years, we'll be on episode 200, and you'll just finish. I mean, unless you want me to go two or three pages at a time, which I seriously doubt you do. N n no, no, I really don't. <laughs> I want people to write in about it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I want people to call in about it. What I'm disappointing, what's disappointing to me is so far we have not hit anything that resembles the movie. No, nothing. I'm hoping eventually we'll reach a pommel horse in Crazy Town. I doubt it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, okay. Now. Yes, N enough Enough of culture. Let's get to the uh, brass tacks. This this, this is uh, my movie challenge to you. Okay, so wh what, what's our connection to Sphere? Okay, it's going to be actor. Okay. Okay. But I'm going to talk a, just a little bit about what your movie challenges could have been and kind of why I didn't pick them. Oh, yes, please, please do. Okay. Uh, starting off with the writer, Kurt Wimmer. 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 Uh, your challenge was going to be. It was. I was going back and forth between your challenge and this film that I didn't end up picking, and that was Ultraviolet. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen that yet. That was that, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen my challenge to you either, and that's kind of why I picked it. Okay. Um, but you know, I was going back and forth in my head with Ultraviolet. I, I actually thought you did see it, so I didn't want to kind of. I didn't want to cover something that you might have seen although it's not a big deal if you did uh you, i've I seen usually, ultraviolet yeah i usually have to rewatch it anyway yeah ultraviolet very bad movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> very bad movie um then i was thinking sharon stone i was thinking oh should i challenge you to basic instinct 2 and then i was like well that was practic it was theatrical but that was really practically straight to dvd it was that it it came and it went the only reason why I went theatrical was because it was a sequel. And, that, and that's it. 
So I didn't go with that. Okay. Uh, and then obviously I didn't go with Crichton because we did review Looker. We did talk about Runaway. We've talked about a lot of his other things, and I just didn't want to get redundant with it. True. I mean, it, it, you you want to you try to get away from sci-fi, and you want to try to get away from Crichton, but I'm still dying to do Future World or um, uh, Runaway. Right. Um, and then Queen Latifah. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to challenge you to Pinocchio, but she only narrated oh, dude, it. Dude, what the? What, what, that that would have counted, but okay. She wait, narrated wait, which it. Which one? So I, I, which Pinocchio? The one with uh, uh, Roberto Benigni. That's what I was afraid of. Okay. Yeah, no, that one's atrocious. But she only narrated it, and I didn't think that was good enough. You know, you know what I love about Pinocchio? I've never seen it. Uh, I mean, either. But what I love about it is that he did that after. Uh, oh, the. Life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. When he he won the Oscars, and all the American studios like Roberto, come to us. He's like, no, I'm gonna go back and make a film. And he he like shit on Hollywood. He's like, I'm gonna go make a different film. And he's made this horrible kids Pinocchio movie, and people told Hollywood to go screw. <laughs> yeah, and I, and for the most part, he's a pretty talented uh, director oh, and writer. Oh, some some of his comedies, are, uh, great physical timing, great like Johnny uh, Johnny Stacchino. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Seen Johnny Stacchino? Have you seen the monster? I've seen the monster. Love those two. My father, he he got those uh, when they weren't available here uh, in America. He got the Italian PAL versions, mm-hmm. so that's how I've I've seen those. So, but yeah, the monster was great. Johnny Sacchino is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I didn't go with that. And Samuel L. Jackson, I just the spirit was is just too easy. <laughs> oh, I still have to watch that again though, because when I watched it with you that one time, I had that ear infection, so I couldn't really hear the movie. Yeah, <laughs> which, gonna, which was a, which was a blessing in itself. I'm gonna beat you like, like eggs. eggs. <laughs> no, no, I, I I beat you like eggs. It was past tense. Oh, it was? Yeah, I, uh, I beat you like eggs. And then uh, Michael Keyshaw was in a film called Spontaneous Combustion, which oh. I remember liking. I've seen that film. That's that was one the one with Brad Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif, yeah, yeah. That that um, not a good where, movie. No, but I remembered liking it when I was a kid. Was That's it? where he he could obviously he could spontaneously combust at will. It but but he had trouble controlling it. That was uh, it was a big eight nineties uh, early nineties uh, horror back back when Fangoria was kind of peaking as a new thing when they were just starting to come out with the Fangoria conventions and stuff. I remember seeing it uh, on Cinemax late night. Yeah, after yeah, but later. But yeah, I remember seeing that when it came out. It was kind of a big deal when it came out, and it was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. So this brings my challenge to you, and that's Dustin Hoffman. Oh no! Wait, now hold on, hold on. I want to see if I can <laughs> guess this. Okay. All right, g- give me give me a hint. Give you a hint. All right, it's Dustin Hoffman. What? That's the only connection. Uh, that is the only connection. Nothing else in common. No, it's just purely uh, a, a shitty film that he's done. All right, okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not bringing it up on IMDb. This is going from memory. Give me a hint. Okay. Um, he plays the father. Okay, he does that a lot. So that doesn't give me much to go on. <laughs> it does that a lot. Oh, 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 oh! I know. Hero. Uh-huh. Hero. No. Oh, damn. Okay. Although somewhere Chris is shedding a tear right now, that's one of his favorite films. You know, it's a shitty remake of Meet John Doe. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh no, it, it, it's a remake of Meet John Doe. They don't tell you that, but that's what it is. Oh. oh. And it's a shitty remake of Meet John Doe with a couple of a couple of good scenes, and that's it. Okay. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Uh, father. Right, another, another hint. He's plays the father. Yes. His wife... Actually, if I tell you this, you'll probably just get it. His wife is Barbara Streisand. Oh, no, you're not... Oh, no, no, no. Meet the Fockers too, or whatever it is? Little Fockers. Oh, you son of a... Wow. <laughs> now, I have to preface with this, though. I haven't seen this yet myself, oh. but I've heard truly awful things about it. I've never even seen the second one. You've you've won right there. Oh. <laughs> now, from what I understand, the third film was finished and done, but they wanted Dustin Hoffman and they wanted Barbara Streisand in the film. Uh-huh. So one of the things that I've read, I haven't seen the film, but one of the things that I've read is that a lot of the scenes in the in the movie are filmed after it was finished. So a lot of the interaction scenes between Dustin Hoffman and say Robert De Niro and Ben Stiller are from like 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 specific angles mm-hmm. to make you think he's in the shot, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because they felt that they had to have those two characters in the movie. <sighs> and there's scenes like where Owen Wilson came in afterwards to film more scenes or he wasn't in. And much like Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand, the film was done, but then they filmed his scenes because there's scenes uh, that apparently he filmed where he had shorter hair and then did more scenes later on because I guess his character interacts with Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand. He goes from one scene having shorter hair into the very next scene having longer hair. Uh, it's like it's like that inconsistent. And it's supposed to be fucking terrible. You know, this franchise, I, I think, marked the decline of De Niro... Uh, Will- ben Stiller. De Niro, Stiller, and Wilson. All three of them, I think, just... This was like the... the, the I hate using the phrase anymore, but they they jumped the shark with this film and the series. Like, all three of them now have done nothing but... uh, But all very successful. All very successful, but as far as, like, talent goes, none of them has done anything mentionable or notable. I mean, Drillbit Taylor, maybe. But apart from that, (laughs) nothing really note beyond just they're playing the same... They become caricatures of themselves. Right. Even the first Meet the Parents I thought was okay, but... It's you, you, I mean, people, like, people revere it as, you know, one of the best comedies in the last, say, 15, 20 years. And I just don't think that's the case. Summer. Robert De Niro is Robert De Niro. Ben Stiller <laughs> is Ben Stiller. And Owen Wilson is Owen Wilson in whatever the fuck they're in. It, it, it's, it's, that's not bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like Greenberg. They said, see Ben Stiller as you've never seen him before. Really? Because yeah, it looked like he was playing Ben Stiller in that too. Yeah, it, and and that Greenberg was was their attempt to do uh, that, and that's one of those art house films that's trying to be too clever. Right. And, and it's like, okay, yeah, you're you're trying to be modern and hip, but it's it's but you're too hip for the room. Right. It's like going back to like like Ben, you know, ben Stiller was part of that group back then of the two two cool school. John Stewart was part of them for a while too. Like they were the, like they were the comedians that were too hip. For the room, they like wore leather right. jackets. They were they were, were the rebels, and they weren't yeah. the rebels. They were just copying off the rebels comedians that had, they that they were following. But they were all just rich kids that became comedians, and so they were rebelling against nothing. They're just you know they were they they were rebels with nothing to rebel against. <laughs> uh, yeah, and some of them you know John Stewart came around. He's actually a very intelligent, great you know comedian slash uh, uh, spokesperson for a generation for a, a failing country. And Ben Stiller is just a parody of himself doing kids' films now. 
and Robert De Niro's a parody of himself doing whatever they'll let him do anymore. And but making shitloads of money, so but yeah, but they're all making money, so they're all making money, so they're gonna just keep doing it. <sighs> so that's my challenge to you. So enjoy, little fuckers. All I'm gonna say is, for a split second, I was hoping you were, you were challenging me to something I almost challenged you to. Which was? instead of sphere, I forget what the link was to virus. I almost challenged you to Dick Tracy. Oh really? You said Dustin Hoffman. I'm like, please let it be Dick Tracy. <laughs> but no, thank thank you for little fuckers. Use yeah. Uh, so, but now you have a, a a new a new uh just fucking cesspool of of films you could choose for me now. Yeah, I got a feeling it's gonna be Dick Tracy. But anyway, it's gonna be Dick Tracy. <laughs> but how could it be Dick Tracy? Dustin Hoffman. Oh God, that's the duh. He plays okay. Mumbles. He does play Mumbles. Yeah. I liked I liked Dustin Hoffman and Dick Tracy. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and, and that's where it begins and, and ends. And that's where the word ends. <laughs> oh, uh, hate, all right. So I hate you, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, I love you, though. Uh, no, you don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't maybe make me watch Little Fockers. Well, you en- you enjoy that. Mm. All right. So how about we end the show? We got anything else to say? Uh, how long are we going? Oh God, what are we? We're at an hour and 46 minutes. i got another hour and a half left to me. How about you? No. No, I didn't think so. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's end the show. Okay. Basically, how we end the show every week, you can catch us on our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can email us at themovieguysatmoviesucktastic.com. Listen to us on iTunes and give us some reviews. We need those. Get us on Stitcher phone application for your android iphone ipad all over um visit us on facebook uh visit us at twitter anywhere that you do a search for movie sucktastic you will find us because no one else has such a cool name as movie sucktastic ah you're right no one else does youtube too you can catch <laughs> us on youtube as well youtube yes we have, we have some videos up there People are only watching the Exotica Expo videos, but that's okay. Okay, we'll put more up this year. <laughs> we certainly will. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. So you got any wisdom? Yes, my wisdom for this week is uh, always back up your hard drive. <laughs> so so if, your hard, so if your laptop hard drive suddenly crashes, you don't have to spend two days scrambling trying to figure out which porn you're going to delete to make room for the new version of Windows. Uh-huh. Not that I have any experience in that matter. I just, you know, that's just wisdom to put out there. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next week. Well, well you'll, you'll hear us next week. We're not going to see you. Yeah, that's if we, true. If we do, we're probably not going to recognize you because, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Tell me I'm it wrong. Is, yeah, you're not wrong. If we see, if I see you on the street tomorrow, I, I, don't feel bad if I don't say hi. Cause, and you don't even know what I look like, Todd Zar. <laughs> I mean, unless, you, unless I walk by and I'm ranting about Avatar, uh-huh. you're not going to know who the hell I am. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. We'll 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 hear you all next week. No, they'll hear us. We're not hearing them. They're not calling. Jesus in. Christ, we're we're ending the show. Can we end okay. the show? Yeah, we can end the all show. All right, all right, all right. See you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye bye. You're not gonna see them. <laughs>